Welcome to Entrepreneur's Apprentice, where we learn to think like successful entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Howard Haynes. In today's episode, we talk with Adam Kaslikowski, co-founder of The Motoring Club, as well as many other startup companies, about his process in evaluating, selecting ideas, and focusing on the, the best opportunity to pursue. Talk to me about your most recent venture. When did that surface as, as an interest? And then kind of walk me through that process from what you recall, how you decided to do this thing. Sure. So the, the current venture I'm with is called the Motoring Club. Mm-hmm. So I helped co-found this. And basically it is a, it's a club. It's a group for motoring enthusiasts in Los Angeles. So we have a co-working space, which is where I'm located now. We have car storage for people's exotic cars on a monthly basis. And then we do events on like nights and weekends with brands. Right. Um, so this idea um, belongs to my co-founder, but he brought it to me of, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm trying to start this idea. It was just an idea for him. And he and I kind of bootstrapped it over last year and now we're a year old. So again, you, he brought it to you. Walk me through your thought process. Sure. So I get pitched on the idea of I want to basically create a clubhouse for car people. Great. I know a decent amount about that market. Right. About car know, people or clubhouses? Yeah. Uh, car people. Thank you. Okay. Um, I know a decent amount about the car culture in Los Angeles. I've been an automotive um, enthusiast and a journalist for years. So I kind of know that community. I have a pretty decent Rolodex with manufacturers. So it's like, okay, I know that what that looks like. And I can, I immediately identify any pitfalls as he's pitching to me of like, I have this idea. So when you heard it, was it something that you're like, Oh yes, people will love that. Uh, I'm generally much more reserved. I'm generally much more like, yes, if that can work, if you do these things, or avoid these pitfalls. Um, I'm not generally over the moon on any idea because it's just an idea and I can see it, you know, diverging either way. Okay. So you, you react a little bit with yes, if, and then you're assessing your, um, ability to implement in some way, shape or form, even though it's just an initial idea, you haven't worked out details or anything at that point or have you? Exactly right. I'm, I'm getting, you know, Here's the idea. So I start spooling it up in my head. Yes, if we do this. Yes, if you avoid that problem. And then here's some potential branching off points. Oh, there's, you know, you can do drives. You can do um, things with like, you know, you can go to the children's hospital and support nonprofits and things like that. Okay, here's all the other. So where did those ideas come from? I don't. I don't know how to answer that question. What do you mean? Okay. Well, so it, it sounds like you, you heard the initial idea. Uh, you say, okay, that, that sounds interesting because I know a lot about that space. Uh, I know that there are some concerns. And so you already, it sounds like you're already kind of formulating a little bit of a business model or how it could work. Correct. Um, and then you're also thinking about other markets or other services or. Yeah, services. Okay. And in which case, part of my question is, when you 
thought about those services, is that just something that naturally comes with, with any idea that you encounter? Are you immediately looking for ways to expand its impact or get to more markets or add on? Sure. So I guess to answer your original question, the ideas come from my experience um, being an automotive journalist and being in the world. I think of you know things other people have done in the past or opportunities I've seen that have gone missed. And then to answer that question, it's normally when I get pitched an idea, my mind kind of rolls for a little bit. And I think of this big expansion of like, here's all these other services. And if it's location based, Here's all these other cities we could be in, and here's where it could go in 10 years. And then I very quickly ramp all the way back down to, okay, if you if that gets me excited, your next step is X. It is, let's build out a model in Excel, right? I generally go really big, get excited or not, and then bring it all the way back down to, here's the next one, two, three steps that we got to take to vet this out. Okay, so it, do you find that you definitely either have excitement or not, or have you ever landed in the middle like, uh, kind of, maybe? Sure, okay. sure, yeah. yeah in which but case, I think, then what? I mean, landing in the middle is almost the same as not being excited. Okay. I guess you so is, that, is that how you, you, you kind of decide and yeah, say no? I guess because it, I know that it takes so much time and effort to start something. If I'm ambivalent about it, and I have started businesses I'm ambivalent about. That is because of the opportunity and how easy it might be. Uh, no, generally it's to help someone. Okay. Generally, um, with my online brand, my men's website, I was extremely busy. I had just started a new job as COO at a company, and someone came to me and said, I want to start this thing. And I know that he was going with, through a divorce. I didn't want anything to do with it, but I said, I could tell that he needed a project. And I said, yeah, let's do it. And now it's been running for eight years now and is highly profitable. So I've definitely started businesses I don't care about, and they've worked out well. Okay, so if taking a step back, if you're talking to somebody that's just new to this thing and they're coming up with these different ideas, they're, they're going to go through and, and think, okay, do, am I excited about this thing? Probably, or if I'm not – uh, should I just toss it aside? Listening to you, it's like, well, maybe, maybe not. There might be some other things that, that could pay off. Yeah, I think, I mean, the trite answer is that you need that excitement to keep you motivated during the dark times. But, you know, I didn't, in those cases where I didn't have that excitement, I was still motivated during the bad times to keep going. Because, because of the relationship. Because of the larger reason. Yeah, there was a larger so reason. As that, long as you've got a, a motivation to keep yeah, going. Yeah, whether that larger reason is I see the end point and I'm going to be a billionaire or change the world, or if that motivation is my friend really needs this and I'm going to do it, you're going to need some, I'm sorry, internal motivation to keep going. Okay, great. Thanks. That that helps qualify a little bit of, of that decision point. Um, okay, so – as you're going through, you you start to fast forward in your head um, about all the possibilities. You're kind of looking out. Tell, tell me a little bit about that time factor. How far out are you looking for either in terms of how quickly it can become big or how, like, do you have this end game in mind? Like, all right, I'm going to, I know this is going to take me three to five years and that's when I'm imagining it. Or is it just like, oh, this is what I could do the rest of my life or, or in the next three months? Yeah. Um, there's, I never imagine an end point because, you know, the variability 
gets so wide the farther time horizon you look at. You have no idea how it's going to wind up. So I'm normally looking in like five years, okay. and I'm thinking, you know, where could this be? And it's not like I think, where are we going to be in five years? When I think of the possibilities down the road, it's generally right around a, a five-year roadmap of like between start, you know, between the idea and open, a lot of times that's a year, give or take, on the business. And then, you know, getting traction takes a while. Like just naturally, I'm thinking somewhere around like where would we be in a, a few years, a handful of years? And there are times when I think I could definitely do this business for the rest of my life. Just when it's still an idea, when I'm thinking about it or it's pitched to me and I'm like, man, I could do that forever. That'd be great. Sure. But my viewpoint is generally in the five-year range. And and that five-year range, are you looking for, like, you have to be up and going and profitable by that point? Or what what about that range is the the go-no-go to move forward? So say say something was like, well... Yeah. It's going to take a while to, to do uh, a lot of um, sales development with corporate customers or something like that. Yeah. It, it, are you still in it if it's going to take longer or is it if it's not by the three to five window? Eh, I'm, that's probably when my interest kind of goes away because I can see it's going to take too long. Yeah, it's the latter. Like I'm thinking, you know, as far as profitability, you know, that should happen, you know, hopefully within a year. Right. Like I'm, I'm definitely of the school of, you know, it should, it should work from day one or close to it. It should, it's a business. It should be able to provide for itself. I've never raised millions in venture capital and been able to burn that until profitability. All my businesses have been bootstrapped or, you know, some six figure, low six figure investment and profitability within a year. Okay. So. Do you think that makes a difference? If if it was if you were raising money, would you approach it differently? Yeah, because your time horizon definitely changes. Okay. If yeah, at that point, if I have a bankroll of two million dollars of other people's money, then sure, I can think through like, okay, I can lay the groundwork for five years and then go to market. I could conceivably do that. That's a long slog with no emotional return of being on the market mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't have any reference point to do that. But so, so walk us back to though. You, you said you've done all, all your stuff bootstrapped. Yeah. Is that a conscious choice or have you tried raising and, and it just hasn't worked out? And so you found a way to do it uh, otherwise. Um, you know, I think it's, it starts as a conscious choice. When I'm, I'm young and just starting businesses. And I mean, I don't have the network, right? Like I was 24, 25. Um, although you can do it. Anyway, I think it, it starts as a choice slash conditions and then it kind of becomes a niche of this is my experience. This is what I'm good at. And it kind of can become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Okay. So you, you were able to do it. And so why not just keep doing it? As opposed right. to yeah, I'm comfortable finding there. things. Okay. Yeah. Does does that I guess have any influence in your decision around what's what's a good opportunity versus not a good opportunity? Are, meaning, <clears throat> is it conditioned upon you raising capital? Is, does yeah. that thought or question ever come up as part of that assessment piece? Yeah, personally, for me, if I have to raise significant capital from outsiders before an idea, then that's a negative for me. 
It's, it takes time, it takes effort, and you're invariably giving up control of the company. Okay. So Can it's you, not a deal killer, but it is it goes in the negative column for sure. Okay. So can you think of a, an idea that you've come across that that's been the case? I mean, I'm I'm in the process right now of, you know, starting a business with someone. It's probably not going to work out because the upfront cost is too high. Just of like, oh, you know, for something that's going to be just a side business just for fun, why should we spend thousands of dollars for this thing when we thought it was going to be free? So it's really not going forward now. Um, I don't know. Does that answer your question? I don't think it does. Um, yeah. More from the perspective of, again, if we're looking at how to evaluate an idea okay. and you hearing an idea, when do you kind of think, do I need investors? I mean, I – or is that, like is that not anything that you ever think of? You just kind of start going down the path of. No, I, I, I think it's the opposite. I think it's right away. I okay. think with this idea, whatever it is, you, you know, my default is to bootstrap is to like, you know, prototype on my own, you know, do it small and let it snowball into a business. Um, if there's no way to start that snowball on my own for a couple hundred bucks to test, if it's automatically a hundred thousand uh, dollar ante just to get into the game, I identify that right away with the idea. Okay. Generally, it's just okay. like, oh, you know, just to start, that's going to cost a lot. That's either we need to go raise money off this idea, or let's just not do it. Okay. So in that regard, you're you're already kind of assessing the feasibility of it then. Correct. Okay. So that's that's even before. Do I like the idea? That that influences whether I like the idea or not. Okay, because that's part of the criteria so, that you. So yes, it is before. Okay, cool. I realize some of these things aren't necessarily linear, but yeah. in in terms of talking mm-hmm. through um, the different aspects. Okay. Um, so again, I'm going to do this frequently, just kind of step back and, and summarize a little bit of what I've heard, and then we'll kind of either move farther along or dig deeper down some, some paths. So as of right now, um, when you think of different ideas or come across different ideas, you're looking for things that are of interest to you, and those things that are of interest to you for you are things that you know about, things that aren't going to require a, a lot of capital, and then as you consider them, you, if you feel excitement, you move forward with, with it. If you don't, then you don't. Okay. And in terms of what you're thinking about in during that fast forward time frame, you're, you're looking for both risks as well as, um, possibilities. Correct. Okay. And, and then as far as the possibilities, you're thinking about market size. So walk me through a little bit about market size. How big does it have to be to be of interest to you? Do you have like a number you're like, okay, anything that's below X number? No, I don't, I don't have that number because there's so many sizes of businesses, whether it's, I want to do this one day a week. I want to do it every weekend. I want to do it halftime or I want to spend the rest of my life starting this and I want to conquer the world with it. Mm-hmm. 
It's, so for you, it's 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 more about how much effort or time is it going to cost? Yeah. What do I want to put in? Yeah, they should be paired like along the way of like, oh yeah, only if a couple people are interested in this in my neighborhood, but it only takes an hour a day. Yeah, let's go for it. It's easy money. Okay. If you know, so what's, I really, what's easy money? So just just to, let's again let's go for your your current rural uh, venture just to kind of give it some concreteness. What's the amount of time that you thought you would need to put in? You said you mentioned it was kind of a hobbyish type thing, and and then how big did you think that money would be in order to, to move forward? Yeah, so I think you're referring to the one I'm not going to move forward with. Probably right. So yeah, the motoring club is full time. I've been here for a year. The one okay. that I've been working with a friend. Um, Sorry, it is. Yeah, it is. I mean, the the addressable market dollar-wise could easily be, yeah, it could easily be uh, mid-six figures per year, you know, two to $500,000 a year from... And, and, you, and this is your, your individual profit or the company's profit or revenue? This would probably be gross revenue. Okay. Yeah. Um, and... You know, to start off, it would require just a couple days a week. So not a lot of time or effort, but it would for something that is pretty unsure and somewhat outside my expertise zone. It's not worth the $10,000 I'd have to put up to start it. Okay. Okay. So take us to the motoring club then. Sure. How about that? When? When you were thinking through the idea, mm-hmm. was that more of a how much how much time did you think you needed to put into that? Yeah, so it's clear that the addressable market here is in the hundreds to thousands of people, which is very interesting. Uh-huh. Um, and then it was clear that you know the time spent on this would be full time. This is a this is a service business. This is a public facing business, B two C. That's necessarily a ton of my time. It's all of my time. Uh-huh. So smaller market, but you still decide to move forward kind of on a full-time basis. Why? Uh, this this has a larger market in both people and money eventually. Eventually, okay. Yeah, correct. This This is something that materially impacts my world of automotive enthusiasts. Okay. This could change the landscape. That's super interesting. Like that's a big hairy problem to go after. This other business is renting out cars for photo shoots and requires insurance and that insurance is very costly. Right. It will certainly be paid if we can be successful at it, but it's not worth it to me to go buy the insurance beforehand because that's not really bootstrapping, right? That's not yep. getting it done to then cover the insurance. I have to, lay out a lot of cash beforehand for something I'm not that excited about. It's not worth it. Okay. So you're, you're very excited about changing the landscape and and having an impact on the stuff that you, you care about then. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, So again, if you're thinking about how to advise somebody to make that decision around effort, time and payoff, what kind of guidance do you have for them? How to do the math? 
you, you will almost always make more money in the short term being an employee. You can go and work for a firm and make a lot more money than you can starting your business in the short term. Okay, you're trying to not to, to convince them not to do it and see if they they want. No, to. what I'm I'm how I'm backwards answering your question is when I'm thinking through the payoff. When I'm thinking through advising someone on you know is this worth it? It's making them cognizant of the fact that like. You're not going to be rich right away. So therefore, why are you doing it? If it's just for the payday in 10 years, totally cool. That's totally fine for that person. Just identify that. Just be really, uh, really sure that that's why you're doing it. Okay. So you would say identify what, what matters to you or what you want to achieve because because you're giving something up okay you're giving up immediate returns and you're either doing that because you see higher returns in the future or for an emotional reason next i asked our guests his opinion on whether or not the best opportunities present themselves or something that you must create another question i have especially with your your focus on the most promising opportunities do you believe there are one there's one right way to do something or there's one opportunity that's just waiting to be discovered or is it something that you you create or that you iterate on? I haven't had a lot of time thinking about this kind of a question. That's okay. Like uh, I inherently, said, inherently, I don't really believe that there's one way to do anything. Huh. I think there's too many variables in the world there's too much randomness that, no, I don't think there's a one way to do something. I think there are better ways in certain circumstances, and those certain circumstances are generally more prevalent more of the time. But, no, I think there's different ways for everything. Okay, so under those conditions, walk me through what you feel the, the characteristics or conditions are for a good opportunity. The characteristics or conditions for a good opportunity. I mean, again, like what on that spectrum of is this a full-time business or is this a part-time? Is this a, a side thing or this is you want to do this for the rest of your life? Um, so that's one of them then is it depends on yeah your level of commitment. Yeah. Okay. And then, so let's go down the full-time path. Okay, yeah. Am I, so my thought process of, I, I think what you're asking is, I have an idea, what's my thought process to, to pull the trigger and go forward with it? Yep, it's, it's right. just another way of asking some of the same things we've been asking, talking yeah. about. Yeah, then it is, you know, am I, am I at a space in my life right now where I can do it? Do, do I have crushing debt? Am I extremely busy planning a wedding or a funeral? You know, am I at a good place right now? And then dovetailed with that question is, is the opportunity so timely that it doesn't matter? Yes, I'm planning a wedding and a funeral this year, but 
this has to be executed now. Um, or, you know, this idea will hold for a year. It doesn't really matter. Okay, so it's kind of that window. Correct. Okay, and so how do you tell if, if there's a window or not there? Like, when you say, is this so timely, what are you looking at to determine that? Yeah, well, first, there's always someone with your same idea. Always. There's someone working in a garage somewhere on the same idea that you have in some form. So that person exists, and you just have to take that as a universal constant like gravity. So you assume that somebody's working on it. Yes. And so then, then that leads to the question of, well, okay, on timeliness, do I feel that I have such an I have such an entrepreneur idea fit that I can beat that person even if they start first, given my life conditions? Okay. Yes or no? And if if it's a and a lot of times yes. that that breaks down to oh I know this space so well I'm an expert at this space I'm one of the best in the world I can wait or it's I know a tiny bit about this space tangentially I should I need to work on it now interesting again kind of a, a different way to think of it because you would think that because you know about it you would take action on it right away. No, and I have more, I have more confidence in the space. I have the okay. network. I have, I have the knowledge. Whatever. So you feel like your window is with. bigger because yeah. it compared to this other person who doesn't know as much as I do. Yeah. I can get it done eventually. Correct. Okay. But at it's that point, are you, are you making plans to then adjust your life or is it again, because you come across so many opportunities, is it how do you, how do you decide if you work on it later? as opposed to it just disappears into the the oblivion of sure, other things sure. that you've been thinking yeah. about. Um, you know, can I keep working on it very slowly? You know, can I spend one weekend a month researching it and moving it forward? Or is it really the kind of idea that's ready, you know, tomorrow? It's ready then I'll just hold off on it. That's probably going to disappear. I don't, I mean, I, I can't think of a case where I waited. Where you knew something about, I, I guess, I guess I've that's different because it seems, feels like it's tempered with the, your passion. Yeah. I've never looked at my life conditions and said, this will wait for a year. I've always just done it. Or I'm too busy with these other startups, I can't right now. And then I'm not even I'm not even accepting ideas. If one like really comes to me and like someone says we have to do this, then yeah, I'll start it on the side, but I can only give it an hour of my time a week or you know, whatever that is. But I've never just waited. I've it's either I'll give it some time and it will start to edge out some other idea or business that I'm already working on. Or it's just, yeah, that's a great idea. I'm not going to do it. Okay. So, and, and again, that's conditioned upon what else is going on in your life. Do right. you have enough space? Because it, for me, it's not weddings and funerals. For me, it's I'm already running X number of businesses. Right now, I'm running two, three. I'm running three, and I am working with other people to start two more. Okay. So that's always my juggle of like, 
I'm already working on all these ideas. I already know one of those two I'm working on is going to die, and that's fine. That's just I've already not I haven't worked on it in two weeks. Like it's dying. That's fine. The other one's treading water. So either because of those, you've worked on it this past week, but not very often. It's just how you moving know? very very slowly. Okay. And so it's probably not going to work out. And then what's slow? Yeah. What's slow? Uh, I'm not seeing progress week over week. Okay, so weekly progress. Right. Um, and that could be a huge idea, but because I have all these other opportunities coming at me, then it automatically becomes, well, I either see progress on something or it has to go away for this new idea. So I have a constant juggle. Yeah, okay. All right, so just to kind of go down the path, we've kind of looked at um, – I've decided to do something full time and you're now looking to say, do I really have the, the capacity from a time and effort and emotional perspective? Um, and is somebody else going to beat me to this? If, if you say I do have enough time, I do care about this and I know a lot about the space. I'm going to dive in. If I don't know much about the space, then I'm not going to dive in or I, I don't know much about this space. I'm going to spend some time on this to see if it's worth pursuing. I'll spend some time on it. Okay. And I'll look into it. Again, that's assuming that you've already done the fit side. Exactly. Of okay. exactly. Yeah. Right. So if I don't know a ton about it, then I'll start learning about it and okay. see. Okay. I can at least have conversations with experts at that point. Okay. So, and that's the, your next step then with the, I don't, know enough and this is seems like a small window i better go talk to experts yeah i don't know enough so let me do research which is again I'm, that google search mm-hmm. news scholars and then, and then i'm talking to everyone talking. about it okay and at that point it can be less confident it's like i'm doing this thing it's like i'm thinking about this thing you know i've, I've read these things i'm thinking about this and then either through those conversations or through concerted, you know, cold calling slash emailing on my part, I'm reaching out to experts and being like, why isn't this being done right now? Okay. What am I missing? Hey, and I you're looking for reasons to not do something. Uh, I'm, I'm looking for, I'm looking for dangers that I'm going to see if my idea circumvents automatically. Okay. Oh, yeah, people don't do this because the startup costs are too high. Oh, well, now with 3D printing, they're not. It does. Okay. No. So I'm, I'm, I'm generally hearing the reasons that have been around for years, and I'm seeing if my idea automatically solves them, and if they don't, try to find a way to automatically solve them. Okay. Great. Okay, and so from that point, you've decided, yes, it is, and so you're starting to talk and you're taking action, and now you're moving yep. forward with the idea. Yep. And because you've got some momentum behind it, you've also probably put to the side other things that you're not interested in or aren't paying enough attention to just because you don't have the, the capacity to keep focusing on or spending time on stuff. That's correct. Okay. Um How do you determine if you can move enough or fast enough to beat somebody? I don't believe in first mover advantage. 
Um, so therefore, if someone beats me to market, it's painful, but also instructive because I can see what they're doing and why and change my model if need be. So why even consider the timeliness of the, the window? Because it does set you back. It is a problem. If someone launches before you in your market, then it is a negative. It does slow down your uh, go-to-market strategy. It does necessarily take money from you. It's a bad thing, but I don't believe it's a killer. How about on the research side or, or you see a large company in that space? Does that intimidate you or say, oh, they're – they're going to do this. I'm not going to touch this. No, because slow companies move very slowly and they're only interested in the 90% and I can a lot of times scoop up the 10%. Okay. Um, I guess that's another question on market size. When you mentioned how big or how, how much of a payoff, are you looking kind of at your whole portfolio of how much income you've got and how much you want to come in or – are you looking for 1% or 10% of the market when you're doing your estimations of how big things can get? Uh, I mean, I, if, if it's going to be a, a full-time opportunity, yep. then it necessarily needs to bring in enough money to support me quickly to make it worth it. And granted what I've already said about, you know, I have a life where I don't need the income, but if I'm working on it day to day and that pathway isn't there quickly enough, to me that's a red flag of like this idea might not work out. Okay. So what's quickly enough? A year. A year. Years, you're kind of cut off. Okay. Okay. Um, how about if you're you're approaching from the part-time perspective? You're doing a side gig or hustle. Mm-hmm. How does this path change at all? Do you still go through the same kind of questions of do I have time for this? Is this a, a timeliness window issue? What what does that pathway look like? Um, the time always comes up. Because I'm juggling all these things. So it's, it, the, the first reaction is always automatically, I don't have time. But then, you know, that once that first blush is over, then you just think, well, am I really working on this or this? No, this one's probably going to die. And unless this one turns around real quick, I'm going to let that one die too. All right, let's have the conversation. Let's start the process. Let me start researching some stuff. Okay. So you're, are you constantly evaluating the likelihood of, of things going or is this yes. only those that happen to make it to, uh, that they keep coming back in your mind? No, I'm constantly evaluating. Okay. Opportunities and time spent. And so do you find that you, you shuck a lot of things that you've started with? Do you start on things, work on them for a couple of weeks and then you move on to the next? If I've worked on it for a couple of weeks, it's, probably going to last at least a couple months. It's, okay. It's going to move forward and forward. It is a really quick churn of like, yeah, let me look into it. I'll spend a weekend researching something just online. And then that tells me yes or no. Or okay. a lot of times 
recently with these two businesses I'm halfway working on now, it's I have a partner and it's like, yes, but you're going to do the majority of the lifting, right? I'll be around here for my expertise. And once it gets to a point of like, we're ready to sell, I'm in. But until then, I'll help you, but I'm busy with these other things. Okay. So it's conditioned up on that. All right. Um, so with, with the, the part-time, is there any differences in terms of the things that you look at or characteristics or conditions um, that are, are different about a, a part-time or a, a side thing than a full-time? Yeah, so I've already mentioned that it needs to make money right away. Right away, okay. Yeah. It should, it should bring in revenue immediately. Okay. And when you um, say revenue, do you also mean profit or just revenue? To start off on revenue. Okay. You just yeah. want to see that somebody's willing to pay for something. Yeah, correct. Yeah. And then I, then once I have skin in the game, once I have money changing hands, then it's a much simpler look at like, oh, this could be a huge opportunity if we sink a lot of money into it and grow it, or we can do very little and make a couple hundred a month. All right. Decision time. What am I going to do? And, and how do you make that decision? Uh, what are, what, what partners do I have in the business? What are the opportunities looking like in the other ones I'm juggling, including the full time one I'm with? If things are looking good or at a certain inflection point with my full time gig, almost certainly I'll just downgrade the other business and be like, okay, just make a couple hundred bucks a month because it's not taking any time and that's fine. Have you ever put a business on the shelf to pick it back up again? No. So once you decide not to do something, it's pretty much gone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've never picked something back up. Okay. Have you ever left something with the intention of picking it back up? No. Okay. You're just honest with yourself that it's not going to go anywhere and, and you've yeah. made the decision to move on. Yeah, because, it, yeah, it's, it's opportunity cost. I have so many things coming at me all the time. So many, you know, asks, so many, like, let's start this business. Then it's just like, I don't have time for it. There's not like, that was a great idea and it didn't work. No, if it didn't work, it probably wasn't a great idea. Or the execution was bad. Move on. Okay. Um, so you mentioned also, I'm going to jump over to, to this because it, you, you had mentioned something in your um, decision tree around working with partners. Yeah. You also have the ability to influence and facilitate group agreement as one of the things that you're good at. Correct. So when you're, when you have an idea and you're going out and talking to other people about the idea or trying to recruit them, what sort of things are you emphasizing to them? Or how do you generate group agreement or consensus? Or are you just wanting to see how people react and go from there? So kind of, I, I see those as two different questions of, yep. You know, how do I enroll uh, new partners or, or yeah. then I'm looking for excitement and I'm trying to instill excitement. Okay. I lead with the big numbers. I lead with the opportunity or in some cases the minimal time cost. You know, I lead with the big sexy numbers to get them excited and then get into the details. You know, I'll lead with the five year, like in five years, just to be this, this will be huge. Like this will be really fun. Um, and then be like, okay, this is what it would look like. This is how we start. 
And so, do, do you ask those same sort of questions when somebody's coming to you with an idea? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. It's like, okay, well, tell me where your head's at. What do you see happening? And then for them, I'm asking, what are your first five steps? Like, how do we get this launched? And that's and you share that with with the others when you're recruiting them. My first five steps. Uh-huh. Eventually, yeah. Once they're excited. Okay. If they're not excited, I will continue reaching for excitement. And if I can't, then obviously I haven't enrolled someone. I failed, um, and I never get into the nitty gritty. So, how do you determine if somebody's excited? I know that sounds a simplistic question, but sure. Um, you can you can set up tests, right? You can someone can be verbally and uh, physically excited in your presence, and then you need to step back and basically give them a test to make sure. Like, great, I need you. If if you want to do this, go contact X in your network and come back to me with their response. Or hey, can you look up five competitors and tell me their pricing? Give them a task to see if they're actually willing to put their boots on the ground and move forward. And what are you looking for from them when, when you've given them the task? If What's, they do it or not. Okay. Does it matter if they do it like a week later? Okay. So is, does when they do it matter? Absolutely. Yeah. If it takes them a month, they're not that interested. Okay. At what or point are I they? I might interested? entertain the fact that they're incredibly busy, but that's hard for me to swallow for a okay. month. So what's the right amount of time? Before they, are, you know, they're not interested. Uh, it's less than a week. Okay. If it takes them seven days to do this menial task, you know, three days is a prime window. Twenty-four hours, they're over the moon. You know, four or five days, eh, you're not that excited. How about the quality of the the outcomes? Not too much. Okay. Not too much. It's just the step. Because I can work on quality. I can, like, we can have a discussion around, oh, what I really needed was this, or, like, you know, that's fine. That's manageable. But the excitement is not. And when you're looking for a partner, what? why are you looking at who you look at? Is it just, like, who you want to work with, or is it because they have a certain skill set? Obviously, it's probably a little bit of both, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, I'm. <laughs> It's it's completely variable on the opportunity. Okay. And whether or not I have enough internal motivation to to make it worth it. So yes, two days ago I was pitched on a new idea from someone I don't like particularly much. I do I do not dislike them, but um, there's not, some conflict on your yeah. Okay. There's some conflict in our personalities. But the idea is interesting to me. Like, okay, like, can I deal with you because I'm going to get fun? Money is maybe, but I'm going to learn something, and I'm going to get my own internal motivation out of doing this thing. Yeah, I'll move forward with you for now. Until when? Until it either becomes too painful to work with you, we have no attraction, which is kind of related, or this becomes such a success, I can look past your personality and we're on easy street. <laughs> right? Like, it's one of those two things. The competent jerk. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, when I'm looking, you know, to work with someone, a lot of that time it goes with the opportunity. If, if the opportunity is pretty small and therefore doesn't require a bunch of my time, I will bring on people or accept pitches from other people who don't necessarily have the skills, but I think I can teach them the skills through this process. I can mentor them. Just like, yeah, I'll, I'll give you some hours of my time. I'll be invested in this. And let's go for it, because I think you, my friend, will get something out of it. The Motoring Club is a new outlet for the modern-day car enthusiast. They are building a community through a network of clubhouses and online memberships. To learn more about the Motoring Club and the services they provide, you can visit their website at themotoring.club. As we think through how you go about selecting or evaluating and selecting different ideas, um, you're looking for things that you're passionate and interested in that fit with your lifestyle, your beliefs, your experiences. Um, and then you're also looking for things that you feel like you can actually do. So talk to me a little bit about how you assess your capabilities. Because you've, you've learned things as well along the way. You, you mentioned that's just part of the process is you learn things that you didn't before or you didn't have the contacts. Talk to me about how you think through whether something is doable, feasible, um, or your own capacity. How I think it through. I mean, I feel like I inherently know it, right? Like I'm trying to think through. Well, have you ever considered an opportunity that you're just like, hmm, I don't really know too much about that, and so you decide to do research? You have, or do you always working in spaces that you already know something about? I mean, to, to kind of answer that, it's, you know, if someone pitches me an idea or I have it myself and it necessarily needs venture backing to the millions of dollars, I'm a bad fit for that because I don't have that network. Okay. So that goes in the trash heap almost immediately because I'm not good at that. Okay. So you know, so you know you're not good at raising money or you're not good at talking to the people that have money or you don't have the network for. Yep. Sorry, that that's I, I, I guess mean, what I'm trying to break apart. Talking to them and raising it is one and the same. Okay. But um yeah, it's I'm not good at raising money. I have very little experience doing it. Okay. So then when you think about what you're good at and how you pair up with other people, what, what do you feel like you bring to the table that most people don't or that you've just found that you complement well? Sure. So I think that I'm an expert at taking a, an idea and coming to market. Right. Going zero to 60 in this case is, you know, how do we go with just something that is on a napkin or in your brain and actually take your first dollar? I've done that so many times in so many ways. I'm really, really good at that. Recently, I've begun expanding it to, okay, well, now how do you grow? How do you, you know, whether that's nationwide, whether that's doubling of sales, like what does that look like? That's what I've done the last four years of my career. And is, has that, again, has that been a conscious career choice is to work on that? 
Yes, it has been. Okay. My goal over my career is to basically have a tool chest of like, how do you go from idea to IPO? So right now I'm in the middle, right? It's like, okay, you've gotten some dollars, you're treading water. How do you now grow it? And at that point, after that, the next one is going to be, okay, how do you accelerate it so quickly that you then go either raise a bunch of money or do an IPO? Okay. So talk to me about the opportunities that you considered with the idea of wanting to learn how to grow versus just going from idea to to money. Well, those a lot of times that's that's joining existing firms and helping them to grow. Okay. Right. It's as opposed I've, to taking some of your individual ideas and and growing them more. Yeah, correct. Correct. I think it's it's really easy for me to leave a lot of my original ideas just kind of churning away in the background and they get, you know, some hours from me every week to keep on plugging, but then giving my all my full time to growing something. And a lot of times the, the shortest path to that is parachuting into an existing firm. Okay. So talk to me about, about what you've learned around what's required for growth. How has that influenced your ability to choose different opportunities or, or is it not related? I think it has made me spending time growing companies has made me better at vetting through ideas. I think I'm now able to better conceptualize what years three through seven would look like where before that was much more foggy for me of like, okay, we'll start it and this is what it'll look like. And that's how we'll get money. And then we'll, there'll be some profit after that. Now it's a much clearer vision of once we have profit, then we would go do this. So I've, I've, I guess I have a longer field of vision on my business's roadmap. Okay. And so how does that impact which opportunities you choose versus those that you don't? It makes me more well-informed when I'm choosing an opportunity of like, oh, well, growth for that would require this. So maybe this is just a couple hours a week business or growth with that would actually be very organic and simple. Let's give this all my time. Okay. Okay. Um, What sort of things, I guess, diving deeper into that, and maybe you don't have a conscious answer since you are still kind of building your schema around this, but what sort of things determine um, your ability to grow something or not? Or what sort of things are you thinking through in terms of assessing years three through seven? Mm-hmm. Is this Is this the kind of business, is this the kind of idea or market where – I can hire that growth. Like, right, we're, we're making X number a month. We're making big profit, but the next step requires another human that's going to eat up a lot of that profit, but they're going to double it. That's simple. 
Or does that next step of growth require a huge investment, outside funds, fundraising rounds, big problems like you're going to spend two years trying to raise a million dollars? Maybe this isn't that interesting. But if it's a known thing, oh, I need to hire X person or I need to go learn one particular skill and then it doubles. Okay. Let's keep moving forward. So again, you, you mentioned learning a new skill. Yeah. Um, how does that fit in with your assessment of your feasibility or your capacity to, to do an idea? A lot of times it is a back door to getting to a yes of, I might not be a good fit for this, but I want to learn this skill, and this is a way I can pay myself to do it. Okay. I could go take a class, and it will cost me $90, or I could make 100 bucks by selling something afterwards just by doing it myself. Let's go for it. Okay. So how do you decide when to go that path versus when not to even pursue it? I think it's if if I currently have the time. So it's back to but you don't ever have the time. If if I'm at a lull between ideas or if something is just dying and I have some time and I like recently I wanted to learn how to manufacture something from nothing. So I I made some automotive door handles. So I had to go and find machinists and shops and deal with all this and like it was a skill I wanted to learn, and now I know how to do that for all my other businesses. Okay. So in that regard, your primary purpose, are you still running that business, or is that something no. you shut down after you learned your thing? Yeah. Okay. So it was a way to, to – that, that basically broke even, and it was time to either do it again or not. And it was, well, if it just broke even, forget it. Move on. So you discovered that wasn't as profitable as it could be. That's correct. Okay. And I identified several places where I personally failed in the execution of that, and that's been very valuable. Okay. So when when you talk about your time, do you actually look at your calendar to say, do I have space? How do you tell if you have time? No, the calendar's already overbooked. Okay. Right? But if 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 at a point – I mean, I'm, I'm conflating two different times. Is with that business, I wanted to learn it, and I had the time. I wasn't overbooked. And I could say, yeah, I can conquer this right now. Um, but even then, I'm not looking at a calendar. I'm just looking, like, on a, every night when I go home, is it this crushing, like, I need to do this and this and this from these three different businesses, or do I have time to watch TV? If you have time to watch TV, go do something new. Okay. So that's kind of your rule of thumb that you use. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm wasting time at night doing nothing, then it's, it's time for something new. Let's, let's get a new business going. Okay. And in terms of wasting time or flex time that you have, how does family come into play or friends? <laughs> like, like, do you set aside time to, to yeah. relax and do things with friends and that's, that time that's not wasting time or anything like that? I don't feel like I set it aside. Okay. I feel like it, it happens. Um, obviously, it's around meals, which have to, have to happen anyway. So to have a barbecue with friends doesn't cost, you know, cost me an additional hour to go get everything. Um, 
But a lot of times I'm, I'm talking to my friends about these things that I'm working on. Right. Or they're involved in some way. So no, I don't, I don't consciously think through, well, I need to save X number of time for family and friends. I don't do that. Do you, do you talk to your significant other about all your different ideas? Yes. Um, you know, I, I pitch her, but then I would say an equal amount of the time that conversation is, Hey, I'm going to go after this thing. That means less time of me home. Like I'm about to be unavailable for another couple of weeks while I go try to see if this thing's real or not. So have you ever not pursued an opportunity because that's kind of been not received well? No. Okay. No. But it's never not been received with acceptance. <laughs> so she, she's been very supportive then. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Congratulations. That's fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> um, yep. Going to avoid tangents and questions in, in that. Regard, <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So going back through, let's see, explore the feasibility a little bit. Market size for steps, ease of capital, public interests, the different things. All right. Is there anything that you can think of that is, that we haven't talked about in terms of that you consider when you're evaluating opportunities or deciding to move forward with them? I generally think through what the first test would be really quickly. Okay. And when are you doing that? Are usually, is that part of the initial conception? No, it's, you know, like I said, talk to, talk to experts, start modeling, and then it's run your first experiment. But I'm thinking of what that first experiment could be mm-hmm. almost immediately. Within a couple hours of thinking of the idea or being pitched the idea, it is how would I test that? What's the cheap, easy way to get some validation here and start building some momentum? Okay, maybe do that. All right. Yeah. So in that regard, have, have you ever come across a situation where you haven't been able to think about a way that you could test that cheaply or easily? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, and, and that's usually what leads to the, no, I can't do this. It, it, a lot of times it will. A lot of times it will, yeah. If I can't bootstrap it, then, okay, I've got, I've got other things with momentum behind them. I don't need to take a risk. Okay. How do you determine momentum, if something has momentum or not? I mean, honestly, I feel like it's as simple as, Am I getting, you know, emails back from suppliers or are being things being shipped from me or like things in motion? If I guess it's external, right? If, okay. if everything's internal, then in my head, necessarily, it does not have momentum. If I'm just researching, if I'm just talking, but as soon as people start calling me or emailing me or, you know, I'm talking to a supplier and they're as long as soon as I have feedback from the world, it has momentum. Okay. And so is, is it just a matter of less feedback or does it matter the kind of feedback that you're getting? Um, matter in what ways, whether I continue or not? Yeah. 
then, yeah, a lot of times you will reach an inflection point where the world's voice has kind of slowed down and you need, you either need to make a move. Yes. Pull the trigger on that thing, spend the money, launch the campaign, go knock on that guy's door or not, or not, and just let it die. That, that happens all the time, especially in the early stages. And you just got to go do that thing. Okay. Great. Um, yeah. And I, I find when I'm working with, uh, non-experienced entrepreneurs, first timers, things like that, I, I see a lot of fall off right there. If when, you know, the talking, has kind of slowed down and it's like, okay, the next thing we need to do is order X or create the Facebook page, whatever that is. Let's take an action to then re-spin up that feedback wheel. That's where they kind of stop. And it's just like, oh, I need to do that. So yeah, have you done it yet? Have you done it yet? Oh, I really need to do that. I've, I've been busy. It's like, so, okay. so why do you think that doesn't happen with those that are newer at it? I mean, that's a good question. I think, I think the, you know, have you ever experienced that? I guess even in their earlier years that you can recall. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of scary because if if you've never failed before and you don't know how painless it can be, then taking that first concrete step is the first possible step towards that failure. And so it's scary. So how did you learn that failure could be painless? Because I've done it enough, right? I've failed enough times in individual decisions, individual initiatives to full businesses. It's like, it just doesn't really matter. So when you world does not come crashing down, people do not stop returning your phone calls. Your family does not write you out of the will. Things continue. Great. Let's go for it. Okay. So now when you fail, what, what kind of self-talk do you have? I, okay. Uh, the, the items I identified with the business that broke even and it was time to re-up or not, the car handles, you know, think through like, why did that not go well? Well, it was these two decisions that you made that really hurt you. Or you started on that path and then you changed. Okay, do not do that again. That was a failure point. Great, move on. So do right you feel on. like you're able to identify those those points or or? I've, I'm generally not in a mystery about why something failed. Now okay. whether that's the real reason or not, you know, unknown. But I'm certainly always able to identify, even with successful businesses, that was a mistake. Don't do that again. An important takeaway from what Adam has shared with us is that when approaching a new opportunity, it's important to take a step back and think, am I the best person for this job? The idea could be great and something needed in the market. But if you don't have the expertise and the contacts, your idea could be dead in the water before you even get a chance to start. If you yourself aren't knowledgeable in a certain subject, it's your job to find someone who is to be there by your side. Because knowledge is everything when it comes to creating success for yourself. 
In addition, you want to pursue opportunities that genuinely interest you because no matter how much success you amass, if you're not passionate about what you're doing, you'll never be truly content. Thanks for tuning in to Entrepreneur's Apprentice, where we learn to think like successful entrepreneurs. See you next time.